never seen a lame man walk Never heard a dumb man talk Never seen a blind man see I promise you a pain Never seen a canceled death Never seen all the poor get fed Never seen a prisoner set free I promise you a change Hey, how you doing? This is your boy, Bigger T. And coming at you from the Big C and Bigger T podcast, we are coming at you through YouTube, through Spotify, through Apple, through Amazon, through Samsung, through Player FM, through iHeartRadio, through TuneIn. Wherever you want to hear us, we are there. We're probably on an elevator. No, we're probably not. Anyway, I'm coming at you as always with my best friend, my boy, my man, Levitan. I don't know what that means. Anyway, Clint Big C Clark. What's up, man? And I want a special shout out today for all my peeps out there listening on their Zoom player. Um, yeah. <laughs> Do you even know what a Zoom player is, Travis? Yeah, that's that old. Uh, <clears throat> was it Sony made that? I think it was. I think it was Windows. I think it was Microsoft Whoa, made. Okay. I yeah. think you know. I think Gates got him on a lot of things, but with the iPad, iPhone, and the uh, iPad and all that, yeah, he he put him to shame. We put the Zoom player to bed. Uh, well, Clint, yeah. man, it's a big day. It's it election is. day. Woohoo! I bet you didn't think we we're going to talk politics on here, did you? That's right, because we're, we're we're the guys. We can cover anything. Yeah, we'll cover anything. We'll cover so, anything. Um, I tell you what, uh, of all the races that I'm, I'm very excited about a lot of the races, but really the race that I'm most excited about are that they're all going to be over. <laughs> That's right. And that your that your commercials are going to stop. That's right. <laughs> I left the polling place today and I got in my truck and I said, I, and I turned on the radio and there was uh, a ad for a politician. And then there, right following that, there was an ad for their competitor. Yeah. And I was like, Oh, thank you. This is the last day for those. And then I started looking at all those stupid signs on the road and I think I'm not for sure, but I think they have like so many days before those have to be up before uh, they can get fines for however many's out there. So I was thankful that those are going to be gone pretty soon, uh, man. And then it'll come again in November. Yeah, I'll come. Yeah, I'll come again. We'll start seeing yeah. it real. Good. We got we got a couple months of them just going out fundraising. Uh, and, and please, folks, we're not saying elections not important. It is. There's a lot of things in life that are important, but they're also annoying. Yeah. Going to the doctor's annoying, but it's important. Getting your teeth cleaned, annoying. It, yeah, it's annoying, but it's important. See, only me and you can go from politics to dental hygiene. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> only That's on a, this podcast. podcast like, yeah, I mean, hey, I hate flossing. I hate changing my underwear, <laughs> but it's important. It's important. I got to do it. Uh, got to yeah. do it. But, you know, it because nothing worked. Because you remember a few years ago, you know, Tom Cotton ran against Mark Pryor. And, like, I was convinced at the end of the, end of the election cycle, these are the two worst people alive. It's right. I mean, it's like. I know. They talk like, so bad about each other. I'm like, I don't want to be in a room with either one of them. Yeah. Like, Tom Cotton kicks babies. <laughs> you know, one of these days, Clint, I want a, just a real honest politician. Yeah. I want one that gets on the radio and says, yeah, I really don't know what I'm going to do, <laughs> but I've got to be better than who's in there. <laughs> I mean, how bad can I mess it up? You basically need how Will Ferrell played George W. Bush. That's right. Yeah. What? I'm going to kill that Cheney. I thought it was like a fishing contest. I win, I go home. That's right. You know, I actually got to do this for four years. That's right. Yeah. Well, Clinton, other news. This is my last week of school. 
Whoa, yeah. And then, uh, you know, I, I work as a facilitator for Virtual Arkansas for the Harmony Grove School District. I work on the Sparkman campus. Say all that in your title there. But we had something the other day, Clint, and it brought back some, it, honestly, it brought back sad memories for me. Oh, no. Just to be honest. I almost, I, I went back to the being the chubby kid back in school that didn't think much of himself, to be honest oh, with you. Yeah. Well, we, 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 we had an awards assembly. And I wish I would have thought it through because, I mean, I, like I wasn't required to come up with any awards, you know, like, because I don't teach necessarily. I'm the, I just kind of, I have all these kids in a computer lab and, you know, so, you know, I thought about, well, um, you know, I could, I could give an award for the best, uh, your mama joke, because I have I got kids doing that all the time. Yeah. Um, I got, uh, I could have done the best uh, comeback at, for put down because uh, I had one kid, these two boys were talking one day and I was getting mad at them because I, I was trying to, I try to get these kids to be nice to each other. I try to get them to not jab at each other so much, but it's a small school and they've known each other forever and they just, they're like brothers. They just do that. Okay. They just, they'll talk bad about each other. And so there was one little boy that wasn't not real big. He's 11th grader, but he's about 120 pounds, okay? And then there's a boy that's bigger than we were in high school. Yeah. I'll just put it that way. He's a big boy, okay? Well, they start talking, and, they, and, they, and he, they're actually – and it sounds cruel, okay? But the big boy was kind of making fun of the, the little guy about being poor. <laughs> and he's like, you know – and the you know they're talking back and forth and he's like and the little boy's like you ain't got that much anyway or whatever and and the big boy's like well i got this many thousands of dollars worth of stuff in my room or something you know kind of being arrogant about it yeah. and the little boy goes well you need to buy you a treadmill <laughs> dude i lost it dude. i was trying i was like i was sitting at my desk and i'm like I'm about to send these kids to the office. I'm about to send these kids to the office. And then that boy says that. I go, yeah. <laughs> I had to duck behind Dude, my computer. It is, it, is, it is so hard when a kid, when you're mad at them and they say something hilarious oh. and you just got to go. Yeah, that, that, no, I never, I mean, I had a smart mouth, so I would always swing to cut you. I wouldn't swing to amuse you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so, well, no, with Robert, I could, I could do it. But like, I remember I was getting on to like, uh, uh my son one time and he, i go who do you think you're talking to and he's like you and i just like <laughs> yeah because it is his tone because he was like talking to you like who do you think who do you think I'm question yeah yeah that that well, brings me another hilarious austin story now, austin is not like me he hates football mm. he's he not he's not a fan of it like he won't sit and watch it with me he he, he played it one year didn't like it but I took him to Hendrix Youth Football Camp. And, and so he's walking up and like, and like name. He goes, he goes, Clark. And they go, Austin. He's like, yes. And I go, yes, what? He goes, yes, what? <laughs> I go, he's like, yes, what? I go, yes, what? And he goes, yes, what? And it goes on for what feels like 27 minutes. It was actually probably a good 10 second exchange. Yeah. The freaking coach that's checking his in is dying. <laughs> Just go play football, bud. Uh, we're, we're, we're good. You get, he's like, that's yeah. right. You got to figure it out. But I'm, he's like, yes, yes, what? Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't. Well, back to the award assembly. Oh, sorry. I I got off yeah. on a tangent. No, 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 no. Uh, did, did you ever get any awards? I'm trying to remember. Never. Or, like, um, never. I always. For somebody who always tried to be the center of attention, I was awful average at everything. And see, that's the thing. They that's that's what was me too. And that's what I was thinking while I was sitting there at the awards assembly. Like I'm seeing, you know, these kids are getting the the science award or the English award or the you know the, the you good, know the good attendance award. awards and all that kind of stuff. And I'm like, I get I'm I was just mediocre. 
<laughs> I mean, you could not have lived a more mediocre existence in high school than what I was in my classes. So what 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 was your class ranking as far as GPA? I, I was 40. 50. I was 50, like 53. 53 out of 100, and I was 40 out of 100. Yeah. So we just basically, I Mr. guess I'm a, better, I'm a better student than you. Yeah. I didn't know. Yeah. I didn't know. Um, well, no, I had that uh, 11th grade sort of, that second semester 11th grade sort of did me in. Anyway. I don't know if you remember, Rock, or junior year, Robert had a goal to get perfect attendance. Robert uh, wanted that award. I remember this vividly, yeah. like yesterday. So Robert get they literally do the reward ceremony and Robert Branscom gets the perfect attendance certificate. And you know what he does? Skips cool the next day. <laughs> yeah, my man. That's, That's the way he do it. He's like, can't take it, take it back. I got that away, Bobby B. Show him. Yeah, I'm like That's good. Uh, no, but he, That's yeah. how you go out in style right there. No, but you I, know, and, and the thing is like yeah, I mean, I was just, I was thinking about that. I was like, you know, now if you're talking church, you know, I would have, you know, we didn't do award things like that, but you know, like when you're a kid in Sunday school, you get those little gold stars and stuff. I was a beast at all that stuff. Like, that's why I'm a minister, I guess. And, and of course, I don't know why I'm working in a school. They're going to fire me if they hear this. I would seriously say this at 110%. We were more popular amongst the students. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they, like you could probably you could probably count on one hand the amount of people in high school that just didn't like us. Oh, yeah, yeah. For whatever reason cuz we got we got along with everybody. That's the type of kids we were. Yeah. But we're also we're we're hilarious and we oh, think we're hilarious. We at least think we're hilarious. Um we we got laughs at our we laughed at ourselves a lot. Yeah, and so I could be a ten, I could be a tad bit. I don't. I could be a tad bit disruptive. Yeah, see me too. Because once again, we, you know, why else would we do a podcast? We like attention on ourselves, right? So you know, we. Uh, I think both of us would say that. So that we may have been more busy thinking about how we can get a laugh. You know, yeah. well, it's like it's like in in my senior year in photography class with Mr. Gibson. You know, we had this simple project. We made we made uh we made uh box shoebox cameras. Okay, you you go you went in a dark room and you, you took a shoebox and you made a you cut a hole out and put aluminum foil on it and put a pinhole in it and covered it up and then you put photo paper in it and you had to seal it off. Then you'd had we had to go out around the campus and just take a picture. You let it sit there, you seal for like five seconds, you open it up, and it'll take a picture, and then you go develop it, right? Well, me and Stephen Velik were in there, and uh, Velik, a classic, you know, if, if you're going to play a prank, you add Stephen Velik to that prank, yeah, it goes up like 800%, because he's got toilet Did you ever toilet paper a house with Velik? Yes, yes. Yeah. How many houses do you think you toilet paper developed? Uh just a couple. Just a couple. But anyway, we were uh we go out there and we're like, what can we get a picture of? And we go to the parking lot and we see Mr. Gibson's truck, his old green Ford, about a 67. Yeah. Dude, that was a place. that was a gorgeous truck. Well, and I, I had an old Ford myself and I knew how to break into him. So we broke into his truck. And the first picture we took, but each of us had a shoebox, right? So I took a picture of Steven sitting in his truck, giving a cheese and thumbs up, okay? It was the window down, you know, just looking like a country hit. Well, then, <laughs> uh, then I said, hey, it was parked right on the edge of that. You remember the, that there was kind of a, it, it wasn't a huge ditch, but it was. Oh, yeah, I know, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Right by the gym. Yeah. Well, we, I said, put it in neutral and put your foot on the brake and have the brake ready. And so I pushed it down into that ditch. And then we took it, I took a picture with my camera of him of, or one of the other cameras of him in it 
with it down in the ditch going like, oh, no. And so we go and develop the pictures, and we had to show them to Mr. Gibson, and he would make sure we developed them right and all the different stuff to get our grade. And so he goes to look at it. He's like, oh, that's my truck. <laughs> and then he, nope. and he looked at the next one. It's in a ditch. What did you do? He was, I said, it's okay. I'll pull you out. It's okay. I said, I got I have a chain in my truck. I'm going to pull you out. It's no problem. Anyway, it was so funny, man. That was that, one of my no, that's hilarious. Because I could, I could totally see y'all doing that. I uh, really. And, you know, and so that's why I didn't get the photography award senior year. I didn't, I didn't get it because I would do too many things like that. And you were the, kind of the same way. Yeah. No, I, no, I, was, I was thinking of a story to tell. I, I do remember 10th grade year, me and you caused all kinds of problems in Miss Angel's class. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like, yeah, like, and I, I don't think she liked me very much. I, I well, she didn't like any tenth graders. Yeah, no. Your senior year, she's great. Yeah, I got out writing the research paper because they decided in my senior year that drama would count as your English credit. I was like, deuces, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, well, my I, favorite story from that class. You want me to tell it? Well, I was no. Well, you can tell that, but I'm tell, I do remember. Uh, I knew I was in trouble when she had a parent-teacher conference and only Tom Clark went. Uh, well, no, here's what happened at that conference. We were we were in class one day, and you're sitting in front of me, and you wrote a note, and you passed it to me real sly like, and I got the note, and it said, Miss Angel is the greatest teacher ever. She's I learned so much from this class. I'm so glad I'm in here or something like that. Yes. And then I wrote, man, you're right. This is the best class ever. Not only is she beautiful, she is such an interesting teacher. And then I passed it to you and then you wrote something else. And then you go like this, <laughs> and handed it back. So it was obvious and she picked it up. <laughs> and my mom said, when we, that it was in our file. There was a copy of it in our file when we when they went to parent teacher conferences. That was in our file. <laughs> that we passed that letter. Well, and I'd done some more. I'd I'd gotten a little bit more trouble. I mean, I just remember I went to the Association of Christian Students, like we'd meet in the mornings. I went to that like, surely Tom Clark's gonna be happy that I'm doing a church service. So he won't come yell at me in here. Yeah. I remember him opening the door going. <laughs> well, <laughs> this, yeah, that's it this is how i die anyway all right well anyway so clint there, we got a lot to talk about this week we do and we've blabbered too much at the opening we blabbered too much at the opening um there's nothing else we can use for holy snikies oh, Listen, i mean i posted it on the there. facebook page is 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 when two national championship winning coaches decide Let's 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 just let's cause a big ruckus. Let's go scorched earth because you don't think Nick went scorched earth. You think Jimbo went scorched earth. Well, and so let me set this table real. You quick. go right ahead, just in case you've been someone out there has been living under a rock and they don't know what happened. Okay, Nick Saban was speaking at a, some sort of booster deal or some event. He's answering questions. And, and I think it was for boosters. These are people he's asking to give money to the university. Yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely. For all the stuff they're doing. Well, <clears throat> he starts talking about NIL and the, and the way things are in NCAA. And he starts talking about how that teams are paying players pretty much and guaranteeing them money to come to their school. And he specifically said – Texas A&M, and he specifically said uh, the story about Jackson State getting the, the, the uh, transfer from Florida State, and he specifically said something about the basketball players at Miami. Well, as you can imagine, Jimbo didn't like that too much, and so he went back saying that, well, first of all, he wouldn't take Saban's calls. No. And Jimbo went deeper 
And he just started saying, look, I know where the bodies are buried and you'll find them if you look hard enough. It pretty much is what he said. I mean, that's, that's a, that's a different way of saying it, but he, you know, he, he, he laid it out there. He said, Hey, and, and insinuated that Nick's been cheating a long time. And then who is he to say those type of things? Clint, what's your take on it? Was first of all, here's my question. Yeah. Was Nick Saban wrong about what he said? I agree with what Steve Spurrier said. He, no, do I think that AM went out there and, and like paid a player? I mean, I don't think they did anything like with Eric Dickerson where, you know, like, hey, here's a new Corvette, you know, here's a new Trans Am or whatever it was that he had. I think Texas AM, um, I think their NIL game's on point. I think Nick Saban to agree told the truth, but Nick Saban is not an idiot. Nick Saban is a very, very smart man. He was talking to a room of boosters. Nick Saban, Nick Saban and Dabo Sweeney both loved the old system because what was the national championship game for the last 27 years? Alabama versus Clemson. They, they were going to meet in the playoffs. So they don't like anything that's going to stir the way things are. This NIL thing has changed the game. Mm-hmm. And and Saban, I think it was you that brought the point me and you were talking, is that Saban's always not been a fan of something, but he realizes he has to adapt and he adapts. And I think that's pretty much what he was doing, what he was trying to say in the room. Like, look, this is the way the game's played now. We're going to have to up our NIL game if we are going to compete. Because – Well, he said in that, in that speech he was given, he said, we're going to have to do this too. Yeah. He literally said that in there. Uh, I think, um, well, because when, if you're a college kid, if you're looking at a college, you know, and you're, if, if you're that gifted football player, where in Alabama and Arkansas, you know, any power five programs recruiting you, because they, if any power five programs recruiting you, odds are you have the talent and ability to maybe play at the next level. So, you want to, you want two things. You want to know where you're going to get a good education and you can get along with the coaches. And well, I, I, and then you want to get, can the coach get you in the NFL? Mm-hmm. That, that's what you want to know. Can I do that? That, that, that was the way it's always been. Now, like, Hey, where can I go put a lot of coin in my pocket in college and make it to the NFL and maybe get an education in case that don't work out. That's, I mean, that's, that's what they're going to want to know. That's the kind of thing that's being addressed in living rooms now. I mean, they're, they're, they're telling them they're, they're, they're giving them this pie in the sky dream that there's going to be this and I, and don't, and Saban shouldn't act this because he did bring up at SEC media days that Bryce young hadn't played a down of football. Yeah. And he had a million dollars in NIL. Yeah. So he's, he's not, he's not perfect, but. Well, look, I have a, I have a pretty strong. I have I have very strong feelings about this, Clint. Oh, I want to hear your feelings. I have very strong feelings. Okay. I think once again, Jimbo Fisher proves he's a loser, and I know you agree with me on that. No, I do. I, I think I, Jimbo never Fisher proves that he's a jack wagon, and I don't really care much for him. Jimbo Fisher is crying like a big baby. Nick Saban was complaining about NCAA football and the way it is right now. Clint, the number one receiver in the nation last year, played for Pitt Panthers. He he was number one. They treated him well enough for him to be the number one receiver in college football. He had enough passes, enough touches. He is the number one guy. He's transferring to USC. If Traylon Burks would have had even better stats than what he had at Arkansas, and he and if he would have pulled a Mike Woods on us, think about that. The yeah. system is broken, and that's what Nick Saban was saying. He said, "Look, because he talked about he said the NCAA can't do anything about it." In his speech, he said, "Look, the, with the transfer portal, that's why you can transfer anytime you want because." They were spending so much legal fees fighting these people that wanted to transfer, and they would say, well, my grandpa is getting older. 
everybody's grandpa's getting older. It, it wasn't. It wasn't this rampant. I mean, back before the transfer portal. No. But the NCAA would make so many terrible decisions. Yes. They would. If the NCAA hadn't made just terrible, hypocritical decisions, we wouldn't be in this mess. Yeah. We're in this right. mess because the NCAA has, has done a terrible job. That's why we're in this mess. And, and you know what? I believe probably when the way things are, Jimbo may have not broken a rule. No, Jimbo didn't break any rules. And Saban wasn't saying that he broke any rules. I know. Saban was saying exactly what has been in the papers at AM that they're I'm bragging sure, about. I'm sure if Jimbo would pick up Saban's phone call and goes, look, Jimbo, here's what I meant. You know, I mean, he goes, you know, here's what I meant. I was trying to get my guys to pony up the NIL game because I guarantee you, Nick Saban doesn't like losing to his former assistants, not in football, not in golf, not in recruiting. You're not a guy like Nick Saban and take losing kindly. And I think and and I, I, it's not just what he meant. If you listen to it, that's what he said. Yeah. And if a grown man that's won a national championship can't figure that out, instead he gets all butthurt about it and goes scorched earth talking about, a guy that was his let gave him a job at LSU in a national championship. Yeah. Look, I mean, I'm not a huge Nick Saban fan either. Okay. But my goodness, I don't think it deserved the response that Jimbo had. It didn't reserve the response at all. It, in fact, to me, look, <laughs> that's a sign of guilt when you respond like that. Now, had the shoe been on the other foot, had let's say, let's say, freaking uh, Jimbo said this said the same stuff about Saban. Do you think Simbo, Saban would have the same reaction? Um, he might, but I think I think Saban's more professional. I don't think he would have done it the way Jimbo did. No, I agree. I agree. I don't. I, I think you, Jimbo, your Belichick's, your Coach K's, your Saban's, your legend. Your legendary coaches, you know, would have been like, I don't have to buy players. Well, you, you know, I've heard people give like NFL players that advice of of don't send that tweet yet, you know, or you've heard people, you know, don't don't send a text message while you're angry, you know, let it let it settle for a few hours before you respond. That that's what Jimbo should have done. Jimbo should have let it breathe for a little bit. Instead, then as soon as he could, he got a press conference together. But, but Clint, everybody knows what they're doing is shady, but it's legal. Yeah. It's legal. I guarantee you, I guarantee you, they're going to see, and Jimbo should have just left, left it big. Because here's what I because because he's like, look, I did research on this. Only one of our top 11 players has an NIL deal. You know what I would have done? I would have went to my number one recruit's living room, the guy that hasn't committed yet that I really want. And I said, you know what Nick Saban said what he said? Because he knows our NIL game's on point. You want to make money? You want to make the NFL? I Look who I, we put in the NFL recently, Miles Garrett, um, um, quarterback, Kellen Mond. Look at these guys that are in the NFL that play for me and – so you can get to the NFL and I can get you more money. And Nick Saban knows it. That's why he's saying this stuff. Wow. That's how I would have handled it. Yeah. Well, I would have still been a jerk to Nick Saban because I like being a jerk to people. But And here's the deal, Clint. I'm super proud of Dion. Because from what I understand, I haven't heard anything else. But I think that's the way he handled it. And, and Dion did. He did say, look, he's tried to call me privately. We are not going to speak privately. His comments were public. We can talk in the public. Yeah. You know, you go, uh, and that's fine. And that's fine. But he, he, he didn't, at least Dion didn't go scorched earth like Jimbo did. Yeah. At least he didn't respond in anger. Uh, and to me, that, that's. Now, now some of the responses has been priceless. Um, Lane Kiffin goes for once I'm speechless. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, Lane, 
Lane handled it really well. And Hunter Juracek tweeting out that picture of, of Pittman covered his mouth looking at the phone, like, oh, <laughs> you know, big at big eyes. Yeah. Um, it just, you know, I think both of them, I don't think either one of them lied. Um, no. I, I don't, I, I think maybe Saban used poor terminology when he said, buy every player. Yeah. I mean, I just but but Clint, when you give, what was it they were given every offensive lineman? That was Texas, not Texas A and M. Texas. Okay, Texas. Sorry, sorry. it's like every scholarship offensive lineman gets fifty grand. Yeah. Okay. And, and that, you're right. That wasn't that wasn't Texas A and M. I'd forgotten about that. I, I was thinking that was Texas A and M for sure. That deal may be illegal. It may not, but I, I do remember reading that that it was Texas. I think all Arkansas's offensive linemen at least get barbecue. But here's the thing. Uh, yeah. No, that, that same deal that Texas is doing, Arkansas is doing that too. Yeah. They're doing it with Devo Davis. You know, he's the face of a charity now. And they're fixing to do some charity work in, in North Little Rock, where, you know, where he's from, Jacksonville. Yeah. And which is great. I'm glad he's doing it. But that's both readers or something like that. Something yeah. like that. Yeah. But, that's what they did in Texas. They, they started these charity organizations and hired the offensive line as their spokespeople for this, those charities. And so in order to get that, you know, that certain amount of money, the $50,000 or whatever, they just have to show up at some charity events, which players do that kind of stuff anyway. But, I mean, that's a good thing. I mean, some charity goes out, but how many charities have that kind of money sitting around? You know, what if they put that money into the charity? They could do a lot more stuff, probably. Well, you know, if you got your J.B. Hunt, your Tysons, J.B. Hunt, for example, I think they were the ones that did the program with with J.D. Note, where it's like there's the first of its kind. I mean, you got to think they can – it's probably a tax write-off from them. Yeah. Like, hey, I'm hiring this guy to go talk to kids. Uh, I'm paying him 50 grand. And it's just a tax write-off for them. It's probably good for them. Probably actually helping them out. But this is – but, now here, I think it benefits a school like Arkansas. Because if you're – if J.B. Hunt's located in Dallas, Texas, who are you going to donate money to? Yeah. I mean, maybe AM, you know, and of course AM's got all that oil money down. But I'm saying, but you see what I'm saying is all these corporations in Arkansas don't have to worry about who to split their money through because they're not going to tick off Arkansas State. Which, okay. Once again, I'm going to go, oh man, get off my lawn. Oh, you're good. I understand. Thank, but thank you, Frank Rolls. Yeah. Because he set it up to where, you know, that those. Arkansas State never had a chance to get that to be that second fiddle. Yeah, I mean to be that close, close. You know, they're they've always been second. Well, they're, they're you know. Let's not lie. If if Ar- if Arkansas would have played Arkansas State in the Chad Morris era, we would have got blown out. Oh yeah. I mean, we it would have been humiliating because it, the 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 gap is widened back significantly um but now I don't, I don't know why i'm saying this but i'm it just caught up in my head and you know how i do i think of stuff on you know the arkansas state did have the number one recruiting class in the sun belt this year did they yeah, yeah. I didn't know that. yeah all right well clint let's talk about something good that's happening oh yeah because um because then we got to talk about baseball later um you don't just get baseball over with and end with the good thing. No, no, let's let's talk good right now. We need okay, some- we'll go good. I got a little fired up on uh, Jimbo there. All right, we'll, we'll bring the you Arkansas down. softball team. Yeah, and I've had a couple friends that have gotten on to me because we haven't talked about them all season. And it's funny because me and you both had the idea to talk about them. Of course, I know I- we both were like, "Yeah, we need to talk about softball," and then we'd forget about it. Well, they're killing it. They are. They are. They're killing it. Um, you know, we got two pitchers. Um, I'm going to use – I want to say this. 
Shanice, I'm, I'm going to say her last name wrong, and I may have said her first name wrong, but she's a pitcher. She's killing it, dude. I watched her pitch the other day. She's amazing. Yeah. She's very consistent. She's not, I mean, she's not just, I mean, she's spectacular, but she's not super spectacular, you know, but man, she's just consistent and just does a good job. She's got a 2.18 ERA with 18 wins and two losses. And then you got Mary Half, who's got a 2.61 ERA with 20 wins and four losses. Man, when you got, you know, a lot of softball teams will have one really good pitcher. Yeah. Like that. And then they'll have, they'll usually have to do other games by committee. That's just, that's just kind of the way it is, you know, in high school, you know, because, you know, because of softball, the way it is, they can pitch game after game, you know, they, they can go, but when you got two pitchers that can do that and be that good, that, that just makes your softball team even better. I remember I was watching a softball game. It was Michigan and somebody. I don't remember the second team, but there was the, it was the College World Series, and they, like they were in like the twelfth inning, and like both starters were still in like throwing one hundred eighty pitches. Like oh. it, blew my, it blew my mind. Yeah, I'm like, these girls' arms going to fall off. Yeah, uh, but no, they're they're killing it. Um, they came along. They came on last year and had a pretty good team. I think they made it to um, the Super Regionals, and then they lost to somebody. So they didn't make it to – they actually do the college Women's College World Series in Oklahoma City. Mm. So the, somebody's going to be going to Oklahoma. So hopefully they go to Oklahoma City. I think Arkansas they're, will be – They're hosting the Longhorns, which is always – I know, and, it, and it's great. And the one thing about Arkansas, when, when, when it's an important game, and, and, the, and the fans know it's an important game, and it's a big moment, Arkansas fans show up and they show yeah. out. Um, yeah. And they're doing a wide out for the game. Yeah. On a, a blank Friday, it is. Yeah. So, yeah, they're doing, they're widening out. And man, boy, like, hey, they're proud of these girls. They want to go see them or women. I should say women. Yeah. Because I do have feminist propaganda. That's right. But, but, but these, but these ladies are, they're, go, they're going and like, they're going to show up. We're going to support them. I, I won't show up. I'll be at work. But, you get my point. Yeah. So we're gonna we're gonna support them. <laughs> we're gonna show up all in white, and <clears throat> your trip. I think I don't have they ever made it to the women's college world series before. I'm not for sure. I don't. I don't. Know. I, don't I don't. I mean, it, they they don't, they haven't made it very often, obviously. No. no. And and who's standing between us and this goal? Texas. And, and, and it usually when when Texas is standing between Arkansas and the Final Four or something like that, it usually hasn't gone well for Texas. No. Um, so I'm hoping, I'm hoping, I'm hoping these ladies can pull it off and, and push Arkansas over the edge. That'd and they awesome. have a top now they have a top notch recruiting class. Mm-hmm. And uh, once again, kudos to Hunter Yurchek. And you got to go back to Frank Broles, Jeff Long, Yurchek. The facilities that they've given um, the head coach to recruit to at is it Boggle Park, something like that. Yeah. yeah, but but the facilities they have to recruit to are literally second to none. Yeah, for sure. And yeah, it's once again, it's just neat too because you know we we have been talking a lot about and we can talk we can get on here every week and talk football, basketball, baseball. There's something literally every week we could get on here and talk about because more one thing, everybody's excited about them and they're doing so well in those sports, but it's kind of neat for one of our lady sports to be, you know, women's basketball has done well in the last couple of years. Uh, You know, not, not so much this year, but as they did the year before with Chelsea Dungey and, and all them. But no, did you see Chelsea Dungey? I think got hired as a coach, coach at Troy State. Like, sure did. Or is it just Troy now? It's just Troy. I think it's Troy, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, I, that that did get that school correct, didn't I? I think so. I think yeah. I saw that on Twitter earlier. So but anyway, yeah. I mean, it's just it's just so cool to get someone excited about that, and you know, and gymnastics has done some really great things, but you know that doesn't you know that doesn't really hit the radar as much. 
but the softball because it's on SEC Network so much and things like that has really hit the radar. So man, it's great. You know, and I don't think, and this is another thing because you've really seen in the last couple of years, baseball take off, softball take off, other other sports take off, mm. um, and uh, anyway. He, uh, I think the SEC Network gets a lot of credit for that because I mean, there's more television coverage mm-hmm. for everything. Well, and even gymnastics. I mean, you know, they put gymnastics and track meets on there too. Yeah, you know, you're able to watch some of those if you if you really want to watch them. Uh, now, on the other side, the boys they go down to Alabama to spend some time. They're they're in Alabama for an extended time. Okay, they they went to play the University of Alabama, a three-game series, started last Thursday. And then they were just going to stay down there for the SEC tournament in Hoover and not even – they didn't even come home. Well, the series with Alabama didn't go so well. It did not. Especially in that last game. But, Clint, did you get to watch any of it? I watched a little. It just just seemed (sighs) – they, they seem pretty just uninterested about being there. I mean, they just didn't – I don't know. It seemed like they were phoning it in. Well, in that second game, I, I watched some of it, and they kept doing the shift. Yeah. And Alabama kept hitting to the backside of the shift. Like one time, Russell Moore would have had an easy double play, but they had shifted him over behind second. If he would have stood where a, he would have normally stood for a – it was a, a right a right-handed batter. If he would have stood where he would normally stand for a right-handed batter as a second baseman, instead of shifting more over toward you know second behind second base, he he would have caught the ball would have came right to him and he would have got an easy double play. Instead, it hit the gap. They score a run and get another runner on the pit. But here's the bad thing, Clint is. Earlier in the year, there were times when our hitting, our pitching, our starting pitching was pretty good, but the hitting was, you know, was what kept us from winning some games here and there. Well, this weekend, the pitching was really rough, too. Yeah. The pitching didn't do so well. He had mixed some things up. However, it's, it's not the way you want to finish the season. And matter of fact, it's changed some things going in the SEC tournament. Uh, most people are saying we got to win two games in the SEC tournament to, to host a regional. That's to host a regional. Yeah. Not a super regional. A regional. Not a super regional. Super regional is out yeah. from what most people are saying. Unless some crazy – unless like we would have to win the SEC tournament and play the right people in the SEC tournament to get the RPI stuff up. And then the right people would have to lose for us to get close to even hosting a super regional or to be in the talks for it. But Clint, that's a long way. We were number five in the nation for, you know, or, or, or close to that all year long or higher than that all year long. And now we're not even going to, and you know, and here's the other thing, Clint, we may not get to play two games in Hoover, even if we win against Alabama. Yeah. They're having rain there, and it's supposed to last all weekend. And they're not, they don't know, and they're, they're ending the tournament on Sunday no matter what. So we don't even know. Like right now, we play tomorrow at one. Well, that's all they've already pushed one of tonight's games into tomorrow morning. So we're already starting later than one o'clock tomorrow. Our game has already been pushed back for our first game there. So we may not even get to play to, to even get, you know, we may not even get to finish the SEC tournament because of weather. And so we may not be hosting even a regional, which would be so sad because bomb is such a great place. I know, especially, especially like something like that. Hopefully, hopefully at least get a regional. I, I'd be, I know they, but it's kind of like they have all these computer generated polls. 
where they're like, okay, this person's RPI or RTI or something like that. I can't, I don't know what it is in, in, uh, in baseball, but like Texas A&M, a matter of fact, they canceled a midweek game. Yeah. Because it was, because they were like, it's going to drop our RPI. Yeah. Even if they won. Yeah. Even there's like, there's no advantage to playing the game. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, first off, that's a very Jimbo Fisher thing to do. Um, sorry. But I mean, it's like, at some at some point you've got to watch games and be like, is this team good enough to play or not? Uh, you can't convince me. I mean, despite the recent struggles, now right now they're not a top twenty-five team, but you're. I'd be hard pressed to tell you there's sixteen teams that are better than Arkansas. And that brings me to my question, Clint. Big C. Give me a number, possibility, percent mm-hmm. chance the Hogs make it to Omaha. Twenty-five. I was going to say 30. So we're right there in the same. Way. I mean, you know, there's all, we peaked way too early last year. Way, way, way early. Um, now, it, it was uh, obviously this year, you know, we haven't peaked. Yeah. Or we peaked or peak wasn't very high. No. Uh, so I'm saying I think I think this team's got some baseball in them. Um, it, it just it's last year is kind of like okay let's get ahead and if the game gets tight we'll call the cops. Yeah, and some games never got tight. Yeah. Um, they 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 got to start doing a lot of the things. They got to play better defense than they played. Um, I mean even with the shift, which I hate the shift. I've I've hated I've always hated the shift. Yeah, but. me too. Um, even in the MLB, I hate the shift. Um, well, but I like it when teams shift and the hitter hits behind it, which Alabama, which I didn't like it when Alabama yeah. was doing that to us. But that shows me that they they do more in batting practice than just hit home runs. Yeah, and that, you know, which I was watching my Yankees play the other day, and I was. Juan Carlos Stanton got up there and was that sports sports centered mentality, you know, everybody wants to make the spectacular late on wants to do the grunt, but um, I do think to a degree as Arkansas fans are pretty spoiled. Yeah. Or this is, this is a, this is a disappointing baseball season. No, I I agree with you. It's um, and actually Clint yesterday, I, uh, I had a, I just happened to turn on my radio and uh, before a meeting I had, and I had a chance to call in to our favorite afternoon sports talk show. Oh, my God. They, were, they had Caden Wallace on. And so uh, I called and asked him a question. Since he is the favorite player of the Big C and Bigger T. Podcast, right. Because he's a Greenbrier Panther. I said, uh, you know, I told him at first, I said, I said, Caden, I'm also a product of the mean streets of Wooster. And uh, I said, I, you know, I knew your family. I know your family and, you know, grew up in First Baptist Church there. But I said, I've been gone a long time. But anyway, and uh, <clears throat> just kind of said some how proud I was of him, how good he represents. Yeah. Is it, you know, he does. He represents Greenbrier and Wooster well. It's, and, he, and the Razorbacks well. But anyway. I asked him, I said, you know, one of the things that we as fans complain about is that y'all have a hard time hitting with players on the base. You know, you have a hard time. You, y'all have struggled with driving people home. Yeah, hitting with runners in scoring position. With runners in scoring position. I said, you know, and I just asked, I said, what? I said, what do you do to work on that? Do you, is that more of a, um, change of mentality exercise or are there technical things that you do in practice to, to work on, on doing that? And man, he gave a great answer. He said, we do do technical things. He said, we work on, you know, getting ground balls to certain positions in certain situations. We work on bunning. We work on, you know, trying to get pop flies and, you know, in, in situations where, a, where a pop fly would do it. You know, he said, he said, but 
you also have to remember, he said, there's a pitcher out there that is also adjusting during that time. Yeah. And I said, you know, I said, man, that's a great answer because that's something we forget about a lot of times yeah. is when y'all get in that situation, that pitcher's playing SEC ball for a reason. But, you know, the, the, this series this weekend, too, and why you say this, is it was a, this series was a huge, huge for Alabama. Mm. I mean, it, it, this, it was because Alabama was fighting to get in the tournament. They needed this series win to get in the tournament. Yeah. And Arkansas needed this series win to win the SEC West. Yeah. And so it was like a battle of wills, and, you know, Alabama happened to win. And when you're playing against someone that their back's against the wall – you know, and that's and 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 then when we have runners in scoring positions, that pitcher's got their back against the wall. Yeah. You know, because when when our pitcher gets out of pitches out of that, we get super stoked and excited. Yeah. Because you know, look at look how gritty he is. Look how you know strong minded he is. You know, well, they're pitchers in the SEC for a reason. No, they 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 really are, and, and and I think Rick Schaefer on Drive Time Sports made the point the other day, not the other day, but a while back. He said sports is one of the only jobs that you have someone's constantly trying to undermine you, yeah, or trying to stop you, stop you from yeah. sitting. You've got someone actively trying to stop you from succeeding at your job at all times. Yeah, and that guy, you know, and that's the thing too. He has studied those hitters yeah they they know they have the work man they got the scouting they know when Caden Wallace is up there where he likes his pitches and where he doesn't like them yeah and you know what it doesn't matter if you're a true freshman playing in one of your first series they've seen you play That's you right. don't get that level of baseball and not have been I mean it's like you know it goes back to what we one thing we talked about when we had coach Buckner on a long long time ago it's like kids don't get to be kids these kids just pretty much play ball all the time. They don't get breaks. That's right. Got to go to the, and so they've been playing ball. So they've been seen and that pitcher's probably seen. Them. Yeah. I, remember, I think it was a UAPB Arkansas game earlier in the year that the pitcher from Arkansas and the hitter were um, high school teammates. That's right. Yeah. You know, so. Yep. Well, Clint, one more thing, at least we need to talk about here. Absolutely. Uh, ESPN has a, a ranking they do and it is like the it it makes no sense to me but we can i think it's the fpi is that right fpi they had texas after they lost to arkansas in the top 10 last year yeah i mean i mean it's just it, it is the most useless poll and i think last year didn't they pick arkansas to finish last they did in sec west well, Clint, they've done it again. Well, they always do, you know. They picked Arkansas to finish last in the SEC West. On one hand, you should be upset. You know, like, did you not watch us last year? Yeah. On the other hand, you also got to remember, we're two years removed from being two and ten in the laughing stock of college football. I mean, so we're not – I mean, during the COVID year, because there pretty much was no bowl requirements, I saw so many bowl requirements or bowl projections that had Arkansas versus Kansas, somebody will win their first game. Yeah. I mean, it just – of course, we were playing the all-SEC schedule. Um, yeah. So, you're not too far removed from that. And I think me, we were talking briefly before, I'm like, okay, who would I pick to finish last? Probably Auburn. Um, All the problems they've had, but – so yeah, but now here I'd probably but could you? I mean, we got to go to Auburn. You know, we could lose that game. You know, you got, and then I said, you know, I'd probably put Mississippi State sixth. You're gonna, you've already knocked a pitcher off. You're gonna just all your stuff's gonna come falling down on your head, and I'm gonna laugh at you. That's just right. that's what friends are for. Then I'd probably put LSU fifth, and then I think other four can win it. I think Arkansas could win it. A&M could win it. I mean, I, I would have Arkansas no worse than fourth um, and as high as one. Of course, I did pick them to win the national championship, so I'd have, I'd have them number one. Yeah. But um, – No, I think um, 
the disrespect part in this, Clint, not I can see if I can see their argument, okay? Because like you said, you just listed off some teams there. Yeah. We don't know how Auburn's gonna be. You know, we don't know how LSU's gonna be. We don't know how, you know, they've replaced a lot down there. Yeah. You know, they got two former Razorbacks. <laughs> um they uh, you know, we don't know, you know, Ole Miss, Mississippi State, we think are getting better. I I think Mississippi State's gonna they're they're gonna be who they are. I don't think I don't oh. think they're gonna I think Ole Miss is on an up uptick and gonna and gonna keep having upticks because of Lane Kiffin. I think I I don't believe in the pirate and the SEC. So No, uh, I think Lane Kiffin played the portal about as good as anybody. Yeah. And so, um, but, you know, in some polls, Clint, K.J. Jefferson, some people have him as the fifth best quarterback in the country. And at worst, he's second in the SEC in most projections. He's actually – he is actually going to the Manning Passing Academy as a camp counselor. Yes. And you're not a slouch if you do that. That's right. How many teams that have a quarterback that's getting those kind of accolades do they pick to finish last? Not many. That's To me as a fan, that's where the disrespect is. Yeah. But see, here's the thing about K.J. Jefferson. I think last year the unquestioned leader of that team was Grant Morgan. Mm-hmm. This year, I think it's KJ Jefferson. You know, I know they got bumper pull too, but KJ, K, I think it was KJ on offense last year. K, it was for sure. But, but that chip, I'm talking about the overall team. I think it really was Grant Moore. Mm-hmm. I think now, you know, you go in the locker room, you'll see KJ speak up first. I think last year, probably Grant would have spoke up first. Now, KJ, but KJ plays that chip on his shoulder. He puts a chip on there. Yeah. Because he's like, because they were going around the room last year, it was on Hog Plus, and he was like, last year they had a poll, and it listed me 14 out of 14 quarterbacks, said I was the worst quarterback in the SEC. Yeah. And I can, you got to watch that Missouri game last year where he didn't know he was going to start. Yeah. And said, KJ's not the 14th best quarterback in the SEC. They just, I don't know what you're looking at. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, yeah. They, they will finish. They'll, they'll finish no worse. I predict no worse than fourth that I can see as high as one. Mm. But I mean, you just you shouldn't put too much merit into that. Which once again proves in many things, ESPN is just not smart. No, I mean it, it, it is what it is. It's clickbait. It's something they do. I mean, I, I wouldn't make too much out of it. But you know what? The, here's the thing. No matter they could pick us to finish last in the country. We got to play all the games. That's right. And they're gonna pick us to finish first. We still got to play all the games. And the schedule is brutal. The schedule is brutal. I would pick Chad Morris would go one and eleven against the schedule. Well, Clint, man, we covered a lot of stuff today. We did. We did, including me getting in trouble in high school by Tom Clark. That's right. Well, you know, uh, I got to tell you. Uh, just to kind of close it off with something kind of funny. I I had an epiphany the other night. Ooh. Yeah. Um, I've been watching, you know, I watch American Idol. I'm a big fan still. Yeah, I know. And uh, the the guy who won it, congratulations, Noah. He's a 20-year-old uh, sheetrock construction worker. His best friend talked him into trying out. And like signed him up without him knowing it or something. And he ends up winning the whole thing. But <clears throat> watching the last show, you know, they have all these different artists come on and the contestants sing with them, right? And I got this epiphany. The coolest people on earth by far. And I will never be this cool. You will never be this cool. Are Older, I would say elderly age, African-American musicians. They're pretty cool. Lionel Richie is the coolest cat around. 
You know, he got up sing, man, and he's like, "You are the sun," you know, and like, like I mean, he's just—it's just like, dude, I'm just walking in the room, entertaining everybody. Lionel Richie and Kenny Rogers were best friends. Yeah, Lionel Richie's wonderful. And Lionel Richie wrote "Lady" by Kenny Rogers. That's right. And then Earth, Wind, and Fire come out. And Clint, I don't know how old those dudes are. They may not be all that old. But Clint, they come out. And it was like, you know, like you see like the Rolling Stones, you know, or somebody like that. They're wearing all these tight shirts and tight pants that is probably holding all their, their joints together, you know. <laughs> they're they're still their hip doesn't pop out of place and all this stuff. Well, like, you know, Earth, Wind, and Fire come out, and a couple of them are in nice suits, you know. A couple of them are in, like, look like they've been working out, you know, and they're, like, 70 years old, you know, and they're, like, all bowed up. And then they're up there, like, they don't have all these other things on them. They're just, they're, like, yeah, we just walked, got walked in here and thought we'd get on stage and play some tunes for y'all. And they just, like, they were so cool, man. And they sang and played guitar and danced and everything else, you know, playing and played like trombone and all that stuff. And I was like, man, I want to be that cool someday because those guys are just cool. But yeah, those guys are just amazing. And they're tal so talented, man, still hitting, you know, these notes, you know, Earth, Wind, and Fire hitting, you know, do you remember, you know, hitting those high notes and, and just, and like, there's this young kid singing with them and I'm sorry. He couldn't hold a candle to what they were doing. Oh no. I mean, there's some of those, those American idols that do about as good as the people they're singing with. But I, 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 yeah, I remember watching, watching a show It was like a, is a show in like, there was like a group of, of, of women singing together and Aretha and Celine Dion were on there. And Celine, Celine went for that high note, and then he's like, oh, no. Oh, no, you're not showing me up. It's like, I'm going to show you I'm still the go. Yeah. And, and then Celine's like, oh, all right. And, and, Celine probably looked like she was all stressed about it or, you know, like trying to make it perfect. And Aretha's just up there like, oh, no, girl. Uh-uh. Uh, mm -mm. No, just, just, you just go sit down. So how many, how many, how, how many does this make it now, Big T? How many what? Podcast. How many we done 63, now? Three, man. This is 63. 63. 14 months. Man, no, I, it's flown by. It's just, it, it's been interesting to me for, you know, how we, what we started with to what it's become. Yeah. It, it's, it's totally different than what we, you know, when we first started talking, but. Yeah, I think we found we found a groove, and I think we're doing good at it. And, and we're always willing to try different things. So uh, hey, you know, and no, and, and you know, and we did, you know, we did post our two teams last week when Mike Floyd shared our two teams. Yeah, and we on allville.net, and you know, had one guy call me an idiot pretty much for drafting Al Dillard. Um, but yeah. I, I admit, I said, look, there's a little kid in me that I was like. I just wanted to see him like start jacking them up at half court and draining them. I mean, right. like, yeah, but, but no, I do appreciate all the comments and all Well, that. and that's the cool thing about this clan is we have some, you know, some people that listen to this and, and they, I don't know, they may just, they may just listen to it because they, you know, they want to be nice to us, but it's, I love it, man. I love doing it. I love doing it with you. But I love when, you know, like your buddy Gabe, you know, and, and he'll, you know, his comments and stuff. And then knowing that, you know, uh, like my buddy Mike Floyd listens, you know, listens to it. Um, uh, I, I got my buddy Michael McDaniel, you know, I was talking to him last night and he's like, well, man, when y'all doing your podcast, he said, I listen to it almost as soon as it posts, you know, and I just, I appreciate that so much. I got I got kids from my school that they're starting to watch them on YouTube and and um, you know they uh, that you know they'll tell me they're listening to it. Some of their siblings are listening to it and everything. So man, it's just um, we appreciate y'all so much. I hope no, thanks and, and and please like, share, subscribe. We we appreciate you guys so yeah. much. 
take taking an hour or so out of your week to just listen to us ramble. That's right. And you know, and like Clint said, share it with folks. You know, let let other people know if if they like it, man. That's awesome. If they don't, that's all right. That's why there's so many radio stations. If they ask you why should we listen to it, because Paul Bob, Paul Feinbaum's a fan. That's right. Because that's right. If they say, well, are there any famous people that think it's pretty good? Well, <laughs> yes, there is. Paul Feinbaum once said, huh, that's pretty good. I'll have to check that out. And, and then I always correct you and say, no, this is what he really said. <laughs> oh, wow. That's the greatest podcast I've ever seen. I'm going to subscribe right now. Yeah. We, we're not for sure uh, which one's the closest to what he really said. But thanks to Mike Floyd, who uh, caught him. And, uh, <laughs> of course, you know, you can approach a guy like Paul Feinbaum on a on an airplane because you don't have to worry about the Mike Tyson thing happening to you with him. <laughs> he doesn't throw he throws haymakers like Mr. Burns on The Simpsons. <laughs> what are you doing? I'm giving you the beating of your life. <laughs> so anyway, um, but yeah, he uh Mike, you know, our buddy Mike Floyd, he was on a flight with Feinbaum, Fein, Paul Feinbaum and showed him our podcast and Paul Feinbaum said something like, well, that's pretty good. I'll have to check that out. That's the greatest Paul thing. Version. No, this is the most is unbelievable. Greatest thing I've ever seen. I want to subscribe right now. That's right. That big C's a breathtaking creature. <laughs> yeah. He, you know, I had to say something like that. Yeah. <laughs> like, man, the Skinner one's handsome. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, Seriously, folks, thank y'all so much for listening. Clint, as always, brother, love you. Yeah, so much. first time I've ever described myself as the skinnier one. So <laughs> there you yeah. go. that doesn't happen a whole lot, does it? <laughs> I don't happen very often. Hey, thanks, y'all. Um, listen, have a great week. Uh, is this Memorial Day weekend coming up? It is Memorial Day weekend. Man, have a great Memorial Day, y'all. Yeah, yeah uh, eat some hamburgers and hot dogs, people. Hamburgers, hot dogs. I'm, we're having a fish fry at the church. Ooh, that'll be delicious. I love fish. You should come down. It's, it's the fruits of the labor from our little trip. We're going to cook up those uh, all those catfish we caught on, or they caught on crickets. So I'm excited about that. I bet and, you uh, are. Yeah. Always fired up for fish fry. Yeah. We know how to do those in South Arkansas. Hey, uh, seriously, y'all, thank y'all so much. Like, subscribe. You know, if you're checking us out on YouTube and you want to download it on Apple, check us out there. All that good stuff. Leave us comments on our social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. You can find us any of those places. Thank you all so much. We all sweat. One. Filthy. Dirt. Harvest. Hurt. Kingdom come. When I work, my hands get filthy down in this dirt Won't see no harvest till I hurt Cry in your kingdom come Listen I wake up in the morning I bow my head to pray Mama told me if I don't Ain't nothing gonna change These prayers breaking up hard drive So I can sow the seed in a friend and no exit pain Lord knows I gotta follow his lead That's why I sweat When I work My hands get filthy down in this dirt Won't see no more